Hey, that intro, I don't know who picked that that deep dark synth. I like that. That's like the fan of the opera kind of tone. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's a dope one. It's a dope one. But uh it is Monday night. And as you can see, Jordan and myself are here. Got a special guest, Brett Garter P. What's going on? Because we are down Brian and Gene. No. It's just like Gene said. It's not, Brett. Brett. it's not Brett Garter P. It's Brett Garter 3. People are going to watch and think Gene got uh, better, and, uh, better and a little uglier. But yeah, no, I'm doing great, guys. How you doing today? I'm doing good, yeah, I'm man. Good. Oh. I mean, I knew, I knew once Kyle dropped the land, I knew Brett was gonna hop right on it, man. That's how he is, man. I like that. Yeah, haven't done a show with you, Brett, so this will be interesting. It's, it's gonna be cool, man. I'm always yeah. looking forward to hopping on shows. Yeah, it's all good. But I guess to let you know, and anybody tuning in, just barbershop sports talks. We just throw some debatable yeah. topics out there we just kind of let it go so i mean what we can do is we can um since gene and brian we can go over their question first yeah and then uh, kind of have like that base that baseline and then we can just go off of your question and brett can cook up a question in the meantime yeah we can do that but brett please keep it 2012 laker <laughs> you're not <laughs> i'm not gonna be good on a debate show with 86 80 70 bulls, something 50. <laughs> oh man, I can keep like, modern, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I see this. Man, Brett, you, you come up with anything you want to come up with, man. I, I could talk all that, but yeah, we'll, we'll, oh, yeah. Nah, we'll make sure. Jordan. I might, I might, I might, I might have to, have to leave the shelf back. <laughs> nah, you're good, you're good. All right, so we'll start with Brian's question because I know he threw one out there. Mm-hmm. So his question was, he actually had two. So we'll go with the first part and then yeah, it was like a we'll the second one after that. Whose career would you rather have, CP3 or Westbrook? Mm. Well, he didn't really, when he did his question, he didn't really guard based off like what, this careers? He just said career. So what we know about each of them right now, who would you rather have? Hmm. I think I would go with Chris Paul. Okay. I think I might go with Russell Westbrook because I was about to say because you're the one who threw out there about Chris Paul being a Hall of Famer. Not I. He had to go Westbrook. Listen, you're gonna give me the chance to have the career of a top what? You can argue five or six point guard of all time in Chris Paul. Nine times defense, like I mean, I picked I picked Russell because I will answer at the point like what Westbrook, what Chris Paul, like Chris Paul now. Chris we Paul are taking the whole career into account. Whose career would you take? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go Russell because he's more you know prime Westbrook and OKC. He was explosive, and he played with you know kind of like early, early, early on James Harden. And a KD. I mean, Chris Paul is now playing KD. You know, when he's injury prone now, when KD was kind of healthy back in the day with OKC. Um, and I mean, where Russell he could shoot, uh, not as good right as he can never really shoot as far as like you know, he can hit a mid range in OKC. He can dunk. He can go to the rim. Um, and he, no matter what age he is in the NBA, he can still like he he leaves his heart on on the court, you know, he hustles for balls and everything. And 
Uh, Chris Paul, like he, yeah, he's exciting to watch. He's he's a good dribbler. He's a good passer, but he's not. He can't dunk like Westbrook did. So, so this is like almost like a really fun question too, because it's almost like because I mm-hmm. think Chris Russell Westbrook peaked higher than Chris Paul, but I feel like Chris Paul has been greater for longer. <laughs> so <laughs> it almost comes down to would you rather have a higher like MVP like win an MVP and have a higher peak or just be like greater for a longer stretch of time and I, I would <laughs> take the greatness over an extended period of time like Chris Paul has, has done mm-hmm. yeah I mean plus, plus while, I'm on, while I'm on air I want to clear out the air I, I said that Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer it's just that like when it comes to careers um, yes I I'm not arguing. Chris Paul is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Is a question. Is, is going to be a first ballot because yeah, that's what I said. people people said people say that you know with Russell Westbrook triple double you know beating Oscar Robinson in OKC that's going to definitely put him have an edge over Chris Paul in the Hall of Fame. Chris but Paul is still Chris Paul walking is in. Time. Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer. The man, The minute Chris Paul says he's retiring, he's Don't going matter. in. Chris Paul. Oh, are going? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say both of them could retire right now, and they'd be for oh no, yeah, five years. <laughs> people yeah. like, but people in the network like uh, Dylan, everyone said, "Oh, yeah." Well, Brad, aren't you the one they brought the question in the group chat about Chris Paul and I don't Chris think Paul so. and Westbrook I, debate? I I would never question anything about Chris Paul I, being I a Hall of Famer. Someone did. I thought so. I thought someone just started the whole conversation like a couple weeks ago. I can't remember how it started either. I just know I looked at it and I thought it was wild. And I'm one of those. I love Westbrook more than Chris Paul, but I couldn't go that far to say Chris Paul wouldn't be a first ballot. I mean, if you look at him, he's, you know, he's gone to places. He's made teams better. Like if you take what he did in New Orleans, I mean, he was, his prime in New Orleans was right up there with anything Westbrook did. You know, the Clippers, he was probably the most consistent one out of that little trio that they had because Griffin and DeAndre Jordan had their limitations. You know, Chris Paul never made it over the hump with them, but, I mean, he was the better player out of the three. Uh, his Phoenix run, I mean, I feel like it's been pretty good so far. You know, I do say that the the championship that they lost to the Bucks probably was their best shot at one until this year when they got – KD, but I'm still not penciling in the Suns as the automatic West favorite because of KD, but I would take Chris Paul, even though Westbrook, when he was at his highs, was great, but he had some really bad lows in there, and Um, the way that his career is kind of going towards the end, even though I think he's still productive, but, you know, the way he's being viewed is like, you know, not the best locker room guy, or I mean, yeah, I mean, skills I, or role right. and all that. I still don't think that's the thing. I just think if you have Westbrook on your team, you have to build your team a certain way. Westbrook needs all the lanes to the hoop to be effective. What happened in LA was those lanes were clogged up with AD. LeBron needs the same lanes to the hoop, so that's kind of what happened with Westbrook in LA. But I'm still a Westbrook guy, but I would still take Chris Paul. I mean, uh. Like you said, how like at the end of Westbrook's career, like you know, it's kind of like going down the hill as far as you know him finding a team and him 
finding a fit. I can say the same thing for Chris Paul. Like right, right, right now, he he has to get KD um, to obviously win a championship. I mean, obviously, I think Chris Paul deserves. He should have been got it one ring, but it's like I mean, he's been injury prone. Um, you know, and up. So it's like, but no, I'm not. I mean, yes, I'm, I feel like a locker room presence. I feel like Chris Paul. Yeah, he definitely. You know. A lot of guys respect Chris Paul, and people like Westbrook. I mean, he's because of the why he would, you know, lay his life on the line on the court. You know what I'm saying? But as far, I mean, as far as that aspect, I mean, yeah, Chris Paul has, has done a lot. He's he's known he's more known for his assisting than his scoring. Um, as far as he can still give you like nine, ten assists, you know, av- you know, uh, here here and there. Um, but as far as you know, career, you know, career goals right now, it's like, I mean, he can retire, like like Brett said, he, he can still go to Hall of Fame today, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I mean, he needs to have you know another prolific star in KD to get a championship now. It's like he needs help, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I was gonna say, Kyle, you brought up one of my best points on why I'd also pick him, it's the flexibility you have on offense. Because what too with Russell Westbrook, not only do you have to build around him a certain way, he needs the ball in his hands to be effective. With Chris Paul, you can play him on ball, off ball. You can pretty much play any scheme with Chris Paul, and it doesn't matter. He'll adapt. Russell Westbrook, he's already shown that he needs the ball in his hand. Otherwise, he's just going to be a high-volume, low-efficiency shooter, and it just doesn't work out very well. Wait, so who are you picking, Kyle? Are you picking CP3? I'll take Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I'll oh, take Chris Paul. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look at the two of them, Chris Paul is your facilitating type guard. So, like Brett just said, it'd be, it'd be easier with him building a team. Whereas I Westbrook, mean, wasn't. Well, it depends I, on what. I understand you're going to say. Well, no, it, it depends, it depends on what career you're talking about for, as far as Westbrook. Like, was it OKC? Like, cause, I mean, he was averaging like 30, what? 10 assists and, like, what, even 10 in, rebounds? But even in Oklahoma City, would you look at Westbrook as prototypical lead guard? He was just a combo guard that was a dominant he scorer. Was a yeah, he was a combo guard. Chris Paul is just a legitimate point guard. Hold on. Westbrook was about to get the sixth man or he's learned. I agree. I said the way Westbrook was kind of, like, torn apart in LA I never agreed with it I always thought the fit wasn't good for him but you know a lot of these analysts are making it seem like Westbrook could no longer play I still think Westbrook can contribute it's just he has to be in the right situation that's that's yeah absolutely and bringing him off the bench as a six man like you said he's he's learning it's a good role for him because he can still play Westbrook ball he can have the ball in his hands you can take as many as many shots as he needs to get going. So I think he can still play in this league too. I think he could be a very good piece off the bench. Mm-hmm. And he could be a starter. I just don't think he can be a starter for a championship caliber team. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Because it's easy for him to be the best player on the court as a sixth man with a bench group. As opposed to a starter, you got to worry, you know, if – if you know the number one guy is ball dominant, then Westbrook struggles there. And if Westbrook is coming in as your number one guy, then you know Westbrook's limitations may hold your team back as well. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I would take 
Chris Paul. So Jordan's got Westbrook. Britt and I have Chris Paul. I mean, I, I think can't go wrong with either one. I Westbrook because of the play style. Like, I want to be able to dunk on embarrass people when I go into the rim. So it's like. I mean, Chris Paul's embarrassed a few of his handles. Oh, well, he, well handles. I'm talking about at the rim. I want to, like, if someone's talking crap to me, I want to put them on their put them on their back, you know, when I'm going to the rim. So at a high efficiency level, because, like, it's like LeBron James. Like, if you're on a fast break, I mean, by yourself, one-on-one, you're getting dunked on. Like, just like Westbrook, prime Westbrook. Like, you're – he's fast. He was fast. getting – I mean, uh-huh. But maybe – if you're talking about what era of Russell Westbrook, then I'd pick Chris Paul. But if you're talking about like any any era, I'd pick Russell. Yeah, my of that John Morant, modern John Morant, bugging on people, you know. So unless you're fine, yeah. but like you said, you can't go wrong yeah, with any, mean, any choice. Yeah, so whatever your preference is, you know, you want to dunk on guys at the rim, so Westbrook makes sense. I mean, Kyle, Paul's like, more, if I'm Russell Westbrook and you're guarding me, Kyle, I'm going to dunk on you, Kyle. Like, come on, you pick out the way. You also have to get to the rim to dunk on I could very easily take a charge. We better not move I leave feet, you on the road, there's a good chance if you take well, that you shot. Not, I well, you better not slide your feet. That would be a block. I, I, I was a defender, okay? I can slide my feet. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying if you like your feet, it'll be a blocking foul. I, if you're facing area, it's a charge. I, I, I know how to play defense, all right? Give, give me that at least. <laughs> well, go, well, well, being a goalie is different than playing basketball, man. <laughs> I play basketball too. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll still, power I, have yet, I, I get to see your jump shot, man. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That, that's coming. That's coming. Yeah, no worries. No, I, I can shoot. Trust me. I, the, the video's coming. All right. Just just, just hold on. All right. All right. So then, could be even longer. So the second part of Brian's question was Draymond Green or Dennis Rodman? Whose career would you rather that's have? A tough one. Uh, I mean, he was a part of that 73, what, nine season Draymond and then rapping and play with Jordan. <sighs> Man, I, um, but he was a party pooper, though. He was play, partying a lot, so. Hey, Rod, Rodman lived his life. That's one Wait, thing Aren't they making a move with. on him soon? If they aren't, they better, because I'm sure. I think the dude in uh, Creek is playing him, not Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, the other guys playing him, I think. That's what I heard. Oh, so, um, Jonathan Majors? Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, in the Robin movie, that that guy's doing everything right now. Yeah, that's a good I, question. Uh, Robin or Draymond? I mean, because they both do the same thing in like a modern like they both can rebound. They couldn't really score. Well, interior scoring they could, but um, personally, I would honestly, and I'm sure this is going to draw some hate, but I would take Draymond. I think he has a better offensive package than Rodman, and I would take the offense that Draymond gives me over the extra rebounding that Rodman provides. They're both elite defenders. Like, they're both, like, the best defenders of their generation good. Like, not saying that they both were, because, you know, there's Mm -hmm. some tough defenders nowadays and back then, but they were both very, very high-level defenders. So if I pretty much had to pick 
I think I would go Draymond, and it just comes down to I'll take the extra offensive playmaking. And like in 2016, Draymond shot 38% from three. Like he could shoot the ball too. So give me the extra offense that Draymond provides over the extra rebounding that Rodman does. Hmm. Okay. I mean, the thing that they said about Rodman was he could score more if he wanted to. Because early in his career at Detroit, he actually had an offensive game to him. Then at a certain point, he just became a rebounder and agitator. And that's kind of the lot in life he wanted in the NBA. Yeah, no, a lot of people remember him for like the Carmelone stuff, you know, tripping him up and all that, the crazy tie-dye hair and all that. But oh, no. yeah, I mean, he'd shoot a three every once in a while, and you'd be like, all right, so he can shoot a little bit, but, you know. Yeah, it's just tough because, you know, we kind of – so he didn't really do it often enough for me to be comfortable in saying that he's above, you know, Draymond offensively. Like I said, it's no disrespect to Rodman. He was phenomenal. He was a fun player to watch. So you want a center to score a lot or play defense a lot? Are you asking – I'd rather have a center that can play defense and score and score from – have range from beyond the arc instead of Rodman's more so layup range. Yeah. Um, man, I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with Brett. I think I think I'm gonna go Draymond too because not he can he can he can play defense and score. Also, he can assist too. He, he can uh you know uh they have that famous uh off ball play where um. Draymond's off ball picks off and then be like, "Yo, Curry, go to the corner." Uh, you know, for 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 Curry's corner three. Um, so he can he can. If you if anyone were to ask me if Draymond if would you rely on Draymond or Robin to hit a three, I'd probably say Robin because he couldn't shoot really from the, he was more interior. Uh, presence where Draymond, okay, if he's open, he might hit a three or three here and there once in a while, but uh, like Brett, like hit our right, right, right on the spot. Like, you know, his his offensive package is better than Rodman's. And in this day and age of modern basketball, offenses, you have to score, you know. So, I mean, you can get away not being a scorer. So, I'm gonna take Rodman. Like, you can get away not being a scorer as long as you are elite at something. And we know Rodman was elite at rebounding. So, in that case, who's better, Rodman or Gobert? So, like, he, he just, I feel like Rodman's more useful because Gobert, I still have questions at times with Gobert, like, how much you necessarily can do with him. Like, if he has an off night and he gets into foul trouble, you know, one, could I trust him to stay in the game and play good defense? Then also with him, it seems like he kind of gets in the way a lot offensively with Gobert. Whereas Rodman, I feel like Rodman understands because I because okay, when I watch Rodman, I could tell Rodman's like a really smart basketball player. It's just that all of the outside stuff is what people focused on so much that you know I think people lost the fact that Rodman was a really good basketball player. I mean, he was, he was, yeah. yeah. Most people just know him for his antics, and they just think, oh, yeah, he rebounded a couple of times, whatever. But it's like, no, for him at his height, 
to have as many rebounds as he did, that means you have to play the position game in terms of when a shot goes up, you have to know where to be positioned under the hoop to get it. And that is something that you can't teach. Not a lot of guys have that instinct in them because you have a lot of big men who can't even rebound. They'll get you like four or five rebounds a game, whereas Rodman, he'll get you 20 easy. Oh, absolutely. Rodman was definitely elite in that regard, and he played in an era where the three-point line wasn't so prevalent, so there were other big bodies in the paint. Yeah. And he'd always find a way. So, absolutely, Rodman's arguably the best rebounder of all time when you factor in height. He's If he's yeah. not the best, he's right up there. I mean, I, mean, I would choose Rodman, too, because he played with Jordan, so he wouldn't want to play with Jordan. Well, let me take that back, because most people don't hate Jordan because he pushes players to the limit. Um, but as far as playing with a goat, I mean, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't take. I'm like, I, I wouldn't take that for granted. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, because if you're Draymond, you play with the Curry and Clay, like prime Curry, you know, on a 73 win season. Even though the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, won that championship that year, um, took away from them. Uh, they were down three one, but I mean, still, you're playing with you know a prime Curry, prime Clay. I see what you did there with your LeBron guy self. You know, they lost three, lost three one lead. I mean, but it, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's facts though. I mean, that was the year that they that that, that happened. I mean, I, I know, I, I, I see what you did there. but it's like, yeah, do you want to play with that with that kind of dream on play with Curry and Clay pre injury to Clay, or would you want to play with Jordan, like you know, uh, Pippen? And I mean, it's it'll be and Kerr. I mean, he was on that team a couple years, so it's like. Say game seven, Rodman had almost had a 27-point triple-double in that 2016 finals. That was impressive to watch. But you said Rodman or Draymond? Draymond, sorry, not Rodman. Oh. He definitely wasn't <laughs> dropping a 27-point triple-double in 2016. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they both were you know, blessed to play with other great players because – Obviously, you would never have a team and have one of those guys be the star of the team. Because well, was Robin drafted to the Bulls or did he trade to the Bulls? Oh, he played he Pistons, traded. he no, played no, the Spurs, free agent, he... free agent signing, right? In like '95 offseason. Mm-hmm. I think it, so. Yeah, yeah. It was after they got knocked out by the Magic. I think they went out and got him because they really needed a Horace Grant replacement because yep. they were really lacking that power forward. No, it's one of those things that those guys can't be the main focal point and star of your team, but you need that guy on your team to win. Yeah, like you, need like that, you don't have that guy that we need. guys like that. If you need a guy, you know, that, that can, you know, if your team's down, you can have that spark. Like Draymond would, like, you know, get a tech for, you know, to get their team, you know. I mean, you know, tech is bad or, you know, flagrant, but it kind of gets your team up, you know, with morale, you know, so. Robin, right. you know, got in fights and stuff and kind of like right. around the team. And But sometimes, like, now the NBA had a league, or not a league, but I was saying where if you get, like, a firm out of Texas, like a one-game suspension, so you got to – players got to be careful with that, you know. As far Some as, guys don't care about that. Rasheed Wallace well, never cared about that. Well, well, didn't Draymond uh, get, like, that one year – I think it was a year – I know what you're going to do, Kyle, but that one year Draymond got suspended that one game because his flakers were up there. Yeah, 2016. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was, if I'm not wrong, if I'm correct, I think that he did get a suspension. No, I you're think right. He kicked LeBron in a groin. I'm so sure he's out on that one. I say so he kicked Stephen Adams in the groin. <laughs> I mean, that one was way worse than the LeBron one. I mean, that one was just blatant. So, 
I mean, you have your Draymond Greens, your Robins, your Patrick Beverly. These are people who will get, you know, will, won't really contribute as on the stat line, but will give you that fire, you know, of, you know, fire, you know, that people who will get you riled up, talk, talk shit. Yeah, yeah. That's what I Robin mean, did. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, you know, even now, Dylan Brooks, he's annoying now. So, so yeah, Dylan Brooks. He's a pick. He's a he's a pick and fight to pick fights. So. Dylan Brooks is just trying to make a name for himself. That's clearly all he's trying to do, and yeah. I think Memphis is kind of doing that because the Golden State crew is still there. You know, the Clippers, Denver, all these teams are there. Memphis is feeling like, yeah, we're kind of just in that other group. We want to be out there. We talked about Golden State, so they tried to become a tougher team and all that. Now, you might say Morant may have taken it too far with the stuff he got into, but I mean, younger teams, they, they kind of struggle to find an identity. Memphis wanted to go back to the Grindhouse Grizzlies. You know, Zach Randolph and those guys were tough teams to play against, and it seems like this group is trying to do the same. Maybe it works out for them. Maybe it doesn't. Well, only time can tell. All right. Uh, so those are Brian's questions. I know. Should we go with mine or yours, Jordan? Uh, what, what was Gene's question? I don't think Gene gave us one. Yeah, he didn't. Well, I thought he did for some reason. I thought he did. Mm-mm. Gene, I hope you're enjoying your vacation, brother. Exactly. Well deserved. Absolutely. Puts in work. Yeah, you're right. He didn't need it. I thought he posted one to for the chat. No. Um actually we'll go with mine. We'll we'll save we'll save yours. So mine was kind of connected to March Madness as well as the draft and the combine in the NFL. Who was a who was a player that you thought was like a can't miss prospect and then they got into the league and really disappointed you? Are you talking about just like any any player, any player that? Yeah, a player that you saw in college was like that. That's the next guy, and then he gets into the league. You probably forgot about him because he didn't that's, really contribute anywhere. That's easy, man. For me, it's Greg Oden, man, and a top prospect, uh, I mean, big man. Um, then the next few years, I see him like Disney had like crutches or something like that, or he he got an injury or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he was out of the league, so it's like that's a that's an easy one. I mean, a lot of people were talking about him. I think he was the number one pick, right? The number one pick out of, uh... no. no, I think he was two. Oh no, no, he was number one. One Durant was two. Yes, because I remember that. That was the draft. The Celtics might have got the top pick, and Danny Ainge said I'd have taken Durant one anyway, and everybody was like, "No, you wouldn't have." So yeah, I remember. Yeah, that so yeah, I mean that that was pretty easy. Greg Oden, because um, a lot of talk was you know was talked about him pre-draft, and um, he had a couple good games and maybe a year or two, and then boom, he just fell off the yeah. face of the earth. And then I, I mean I don't know if this like there was a video like it was like a it was like uh, an old older lady. It was like, oh, do you play basketball? And then I he's saw like, that. I saw <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cool that he's, you know, kind of getting his degree and all that stuff now. But with Odin, the only thing I'd say is that was more of his body just letting him down because he already had, like, the condition with, like, one leg longer than the other. And 
You know, so oh, his, body is, yeah, his body is just like that. out of balance just in general. I think it's something we kind of learned about once the injury started happening that I think it was like his left leg was a little longer than his right leg. So he had to like wear a special shoe on. It, it was the whole thing. But like his body was like literally out of balance. So I can understand yeah, also, that. With, mm -hmm. It's so unfortunate that Blazing team was would have been so good if they could have stayed healthy. Brandon Roy, Greg Odin, that team had Lamarcus Aldridge. Oh yeah, hey, I was gonna say Lonzo Ball too because now he he's like he wasn't really a I wouldn't I don't know I don't want to be embarrassed on TikTok for saying he's a bust, but um, I mean he hasn't really played what since like for, in like two three years. Wow. Um, yeah, the way the Chicago him seems like we could be seeing the beginning of the end for him. I know uh, Anthony Cobbs uh, in the group chat said that, you know, uh, we'll see how he does in six months. But I mean, like, come on. Like, what if he, like, what, what he gets injured again? Then what? After kind of surgery, I mean. So yeah. um, I was kind of tied with the Greg Ode and then Lonzo Ball. Uh, but. Okay. Uh, Britt, you got anybody? Oh, yeah. Mine hits really close to home. 2014 draft. I really thought the Bucks had their player of the next decade when they drafted Jabari, Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker. <laughs> I love Jabari Parker. Oh, too. Jabari, yeah. man. No points. He, he had a couple good years in, in Milwaukee, but. He tore his ACL, and then he was averaging 20 a game. He was looking man. really good, and then he tore it again. He was like a, that was he was like a, a Chris Milton before he. Before he got there, you know that yeah. that corner yeah. specialist that you know draft day comparison was like Carmelo Anthony, and I was so hyped, I was so ready, I thought he was going to be so good, and then two torn ACLs and that's that crazy. Was, said it because wasn't Jamari Parker picked before Giannis in that draft? No, Giannis was the year before in 2013. No, that but was, that uh, made sense though, because nobody really Giannis was playing like second division over in Greece. Nobody, nobody really knew who he was. No, the only yeah. people who did were Old Dominion, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said he said he would uh, play at Duke too, but he came out and said that. But, I mean, but Coach, um, Coach K would have loved to have a Giannis. But like, yeah, like Brad makes a good point because Jabari Parker, like, he was that guy, like. That everyone thought was going to be good, and then no. When Giannis came in town, oh, because there was a story that came out. I read an article, and like, um, it was like a Bucks insider who had some insight on like their uh, at their training camp, and this dude skinny Giannis, no muscle, uh, you know, undersized, you know. <laughs> they thought Jabbar Park was going to was going to be the guy, and then Giannis, you know, was like, okay, f f all y'all, I'm gonna get muscle, cause cause I. I ain't gonna lie. I, I saw him um, when Jason K was a coach. And when I was in Maryland, I went to a DC game. They were playing the Bucks and Giannis. I was like courtside, um, and Giannis, he, that dude was. He, he still had like the mohawk kind of, um, so he was. But he obviously he gained a lot of muscle between that mm -hmm. now and then. But yeah, I mean, Jabari Parker, like he was supposed to be the guy, and like Bryce said, like he was supposed to be that. That that piece that they needed, but yeah, yeah, I, I love he's from Parker when he came out too. What college did he go? To, he went to Duke. Yeah, yeah, Duke. Yeah, um, for me, this one's a little bit more recent. 
uh, Jarrett Culver. When Jarrett Culver was at Texas Tech and they had that run in the tournament, I thought Culver was going to be a big-time star in the NBA. He could shoot the three. He had the mid-range game. He could get to the rim. He was a good defender. And seeing the way the NBA was going, it was like, Culver was, can't miss. This point, I could I couldn't really tell you where he was. I think he's in Atlanta somewhere, sitting on the bench, but he doesn't play for him. Maybe Minnesota. I don't know. Minnesota drafted him. They've they've traded uh-huh. him away already. And I also love the fit when he went to Minnesota. I thought that was a perfect place for him. He didn't really play there, and now I wonder if he's just going to be a journeyman at this point. But that was the guy I thought he 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 had every tool that you needed and for some reason you just can't get on the court and I mean there's a few others like that you know Cam Reddish is the guy past a couple of years who's gotten a lot of attention mm-hmm. as a really talented you know guy who can't get minutes in anybody's rotation and I actually did have an NFL one so I'll throw that one out as well Maurice Claret I thought he was going to be, you know, a big deal in the NFL. He had some of the off-the-field stuff that really hurt. But, I mean, when he's at Ohio State, like, he he had everything. And it just never material – material well, – material – I all right, skip that word. I can't say it. But it never really came into anything it's in the NFL. Ready. I mean, <laughs> the words stay out of the tip of my tongue. It just wasn't flowing. So. Oh, like, you think I'm a good point about NFL. I'm going to say – Pascal Burris, you think he's a bust for his off-field. You know, he, I mean, he was a high. You know, he did play good some good years in the Giants, and then, boom, that happened. I don't know Burris was a bust though, because Burris had productive years before that. Uh, he did, he did. But I'm saying this the off-field antics and stuff. I got you. Like, yeah, yeah. And then he put on Pittsburgh, and he kind of like dwindled a little bit, and then boom, he just disappeared. I can see that. All right. Uh, Brett, do you have an NFL one or another NBA one you want to throw out there? Um, Pretty much any Packer drafted in the mid-2010s. <laughs> Kevin I King, mean, I really thought, was going to do something, and that, that never materialized. Man, about Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yeah, no. Ha Ha too. I think if I really had to pick one, it would be Kevin King. I really thought he could be – I didn't think he was going to be top five corner in the league or anything, but I thought he could be a really, really good number two. And that didn't even materialize. His career highlight is getting burned in the go route in the NFC championship game. Yeah. yeah that, that was not a good day for him at all. I'm trying to think of any other players um, that are like busts. Um, I mean, it, there's quite a bit of them. I mean, I can say I was disappointed by Grant Hill's career because of the foot injury that really because if he had stayed healthy like grant hill was legit you know Mm -hmm. he didn't have the best perimeter game but it almost seemed like once the injury happened he became a better perimeter player after that especially like in phoenix he was a deadly uh three-point shooter i mean price brings up a good one matt liner i mean yeah that's that's a pretty pretty good one but uh but yeah so grand hill like if it wasn't for that detroit playoff series where he obviously should have been playing but you know 
the competitor that he was, he went out there, did so much damage to his foot that he was never the same, you know, slashing to the hoop and all that dunking on guys anymore. But he did, he did really change his game. And, you know, I do respect the way that he aged gracefully towards the end there, but we were, we were definitely robbed of really great Grant Hill years. I would say the, the that 2003 Magic team is my biggest one of my biggest what ifs of all time. What if Grant Kill Hill could stay healthy, and what if Doc Rivers then screw up getting Tim Duncan in free agency? Yeah, oh, yeah, we said that Greg Oden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan brought up Greg Oden. All right, um, I guess we go to your question, Jordan. Um, so before I. I kind of mess up this wording. So the question I have is, um, so kind of like with the March Madness, um, you know, we all got the, got the, uh, now we can do our brackets now. Uh, they did the NCAA, they did the NIT. Um, speaking of NIT, a team like UNC, I know we all have heard that um, that UNC kind of didn't want to play because um, they were the champions. No, they weren't. I'm sorry, Kansas was champions last year. Um, but the other year they were champions, right? Could they beat Duke? Or UNC, was that the game? I'm so confused. Was that the game before they went to the championship last year? I mean, UNC won a title recently for sure. I couldn't tell you exactly which year, but they did win one, like at least yeah. within the last five years, like, I would say. It had to be, hmm, I know. So Kansas won, they, they beat UNC last year. Yeah. I just got to. Because I'm gonna say, because the whole point of the question was, um, you know, they were ranked high in like the preseason polls as far yeah. as like top teams in the. Uh, I think they're, yeah, they're preseason number one. Yeah, and um, so my question is, with the whole NIL and the college basketball, like teams like, like top teams that were projected to be number, you know, to say number one in you know preseason poll, and um, should they play? Uh, in the NIL, um, just to you know, get more eyeballs on them and be like, okay, this team is okay, this team should have been in a tournament. That's a wrong decision, um, for them to you know, or the committee that did a bad, bad thing on their part for not getting them in, or should a team like that just not play? Um, so not, but not just UNC, just like any other teams, like, should they decide to play? Um, in in the tournament, um, to like you know get more eyes to their school, or you know, with that aspect. Um, so I don't know if that's the worded question. If I did it right, I, I okay. So I, I, <laughs> I, I like if you are yeah. a like prohibitive favorite going into a season for whatever reason. You don't live up to the expectations and you miss the NCAA tournament. We've seen teams will sit there and be like, we'll decline the invitation to the NIT. Should a team like that do that in that situation? Or should they just play the NIT? If you win the NIT championship, at least you won something in the postseason. And depending on how your makeup of your team is, you know, you could have seniors, at least it'd be more games for them underclass experience so would you would you do the unc thing or do you would you do the opposite and accept the invitation even though you might be embarrassed to be in the nit uh you can go ahead bro you can go first 
I think it's situational depending on a uh, team composition. Okay. So if I have a team full of like one and done who wouldn't play in the tournament anyway, what what's really the point? Okay. But if it's a team of like all like juniors and seniors who after this year maybe this is their last chance to play college hoops, you know, I, maybe I will give them that chance. Who cares if it's looked down as you know like a downgrade? Like, I think at the end of the day, all that matters is what do the athletes want? What are the kids? What is the what's best for the? athletes what's best for the organization so i honestly i i would okay um yeah because i was kind of confused as why unc took out of the nit because i know they weren't going to make the tournament the actual the big dance um or the the, the I, well, or, i'm sure if you i'm sure if you ask the kids at unc they still thought they had a chance at it I mean, I mean we're just like that. we uh I mean, who said it uh on one um I mean there was a point the ACC I I'm not gonna lie, the ACC like division was kinda kinda weak this year with like Duke. I mean because I mean Duke should have been higher than a fifth, but I mean they kind of lost games they shouldn't have lost to this year. I mean eight, but I get it. UNC, I mean, if I was UNC, I would definitely I would definitely play, um, even though, like you said, it doesn't mean as much as the big, you know, championship for the college tournament. But I mean, just like Brett said, it's like you're winning something. Like, but then again, it's like it's situational. Like, is there a risk for injury to a top player, like a senior, like Baycott, um, where he might he might go in the draft? Um, so it's a matter of you know what the players want to do. Um, I mean, I don't think playing an NIL would or NIT would boost their draft stock. Maybe I don't know, um, but I mean, yeah, it's all depend on the player what they want to do. And uh, did you want to come out and say why they didn't want to, or did just didn't? Did I mean, they basically just said they move on to next season. That's basically what they said. Yeah, because I guess their goal was to make it to the tournament. I guess that you know, probably like like you said, Kyle. Like you said, like maybe going to the NIT would be like an embarrassment because maybe the, like you like we both said that they were in the number one preseason poll, so they don't they didn't they didn't expect them to be this down in their rankings, and they said, all right, well, we're worth more than an NIT championship, so or a tournament, so but. Like like Brett said, it's definitely situational, and like you said, Kyle, like it's more exposure for the freshmen, sophomores, and but then again, like like you know, for a team that for a senior that might not play again in a UNC uniform, it'd be a, their last chance to show, show what they're worth in a UNC uniform before they go to the draft or go somewhere else. So it's definitely situational. I mean, the one thing that does hurt college basketball is the size of the roster isn't like college football where we saw right. teams make bowl games and players sit out. Yeah. You know, if a quarterback sits out or something, you've got three or four backups you could turn to. If UNC, if Baycott and like three other guys were like, yeah, we're not playing. Like what team are they putting out there to really perform in the NIT? And then if you don't win the NIT, then the season looks even worse because you're UNC in the NIT. You should dominate. But if you go out in the first and second round, it just makes a bad season even worse. 
I, we've seen different instances with it. Like Rutgers, Rutgers was mad they didn't make the NCAA, but they came out right away. It was like, oh, we'll accept the NIT because for a Rutgers program that's still trying to make a name for itself, if Rutgers goes ahead, wins the NIT, they springboard that into next season where now they're probably ranked a little bit higher preseason. You know, some guys get exposure to tournament play and it probably benefits them. But if you look at Ben Simmons with LSU, I believe with that one, some of the players wanted to play in the NIT. Ben Simmons was leading the charge of not playing. And with Ben Simmons, a lot of people raised questions about his desire to play, which, I mean, as his career has gone on, has just been asked more and more and more and more. So it's definitely tricky. You know, I'm assuming Hubert Davis, the coach at UNC, asked his players, and they were probably like, uh, there's really no point. So, I mean, I said I would still play only because one, Hubert Davis, first year as a coach, it's just more experience for him to, you know, find his way at UNC or whatever. But I get it. Smaller rosters in, in college basketball, you couldn't really risk that if certain guys didn't want to play. So, I mean, I'm not too mad about it. But I mean, it's definitely something that teams really have to think about. Hey, yeah, maybe it, Rutgers wins it all. I mean, there. Were, I mean, well, yeah, there's a lot of ups or not upsets. There's a lot of surprise things that didn't make it. Like, like I said, Rutgers. Um, but like my friend, he's a Rutgers fan. They had a lot of quad three losses, um, and they're you know, and they're so that kind of hurt them. But definitely, I mean, I was shocked to see them. Actually, you know what? I, I, your your March Madness question was kind of. Was kind of your question, so I'm my own question actually. Out of the okay. out of the March Madness pool, what team did you, what out of the teams that were not picked to be the tournament, what teams did you expect to be in the tournament that were not that are not in there? Oh, so, so saying so so who was who who was the surprise team that you thought that was? Because oh, see, yeah, I know this is like off the dome question. Um, because I, I thought about that because, you know, people said the committee was kind of was kind of bad this year with, you know, the whole. I Their mean, they explanations got, weren't best, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think the biggest one was, was I think, Rutgers because I thought they are going to be in it. I think that Michigan win the other day was uh, was big. I know they lost to Purdue, like, the other day, but um, I was shocked. I mean, they played fairly well this year. Um, they got some good players on that team. They got Cliff. Uh, they got some good shooters. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that they're not in. Uh, a lot of people were shocked that they weren't in. Um, and Nevada got in before them. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you follow college basketball, Brett, like we do, but I'm not. Uh, I would say I follow, I follow it a little bit. I I just have trouble trying to figure out which teams I'm supposed to be following or not. <laughs> <laughs> <You're probably right. laughs> no, that, that's a good point. Uh, there are way too many teams. I mean, but, there are a list of teams that didn't make it. Um, I would say, I mean, you threw Rutgers out there. I was kind of surprised Clemson didn't get in. I thought Clemson had a really good year. And I thought that it might have been Lafonso Ellis brought up a really good point. He basically said, like, if, if um, UNC had Clemson's profile, would UNC have been left out like Clemson? And Lafonso Ellis was like, not a chance. UNC would have got in with Clemson's uh, resume. And if that's the case, then 
what really kept Clemson out. I do think Clemson was hurt by the ACC being a little bit down this year because I do agree with that. Because, you know, outside of Duke, like who was really a good team in, in the ACC is a lot of, a lot of, like B minus C plus type teams in the ACC this year, you know, Miami's Virginia Tech's, all that. But I mean, my BC Eagles are a 500 team in the ACC. That probably tells you all you need to know. Cause most years they're not even that good. All of the new coach there is doing mm-hmm. some things, but I would say Clemson was probably a, a, a big surprise for me. Not getting in Vanderbilt. Yeah, so like Rutgers, Vanderbilt. In there. So we got Rutgers, Vanderbilt, um, Oklahoma State, Clemson, and North Carolina top five. But those are eight teams. Did Villanova make it? No, I did not see them either. So. Well, Villanova was like seventeen and sixteen, and uh, a lot of their season they had missed a couple of star players, so that made sense. But I, yeah, I'd, I'd go Clemson, Rutgers as well. Rutgers had a good year. Yeah, I, I thought Rutgers did enough down the stretch to get in, but at least be well, how many seeds can you like what's the highest lowest seed? Like a twelve seed or sixteen? Usually high, like, usually big name schools, usually eleventh outside of that, maybe twelve. Like so it's from like one to like what's the Oh I mean so I thought Rutgers one, was gonna make it at least be like a lower, you know, a lower seed going to the tournament at least. Yeah, I mean Rutgers could have been like an eleven seed. I wouldn't have right. been that. All right. I mean, I really. I mean, Brett, you have another question you want to throw out there, or anything like that? I'll say I can throw out a question for us. Okay. All right. So obviously, seemingly forever now, the NBA MVP race has been locked up. It almost feels like. Mm-hmm. What would Uh-oh. somebody like, let's for example, Joel Embiid or Giannis? What would somebody have to do to unseat Nikola Jokic as the number one? as the MVP right now in basketball. Right now, I personally personally think that Joel Embiid has the best chance, and I think his best chance to do it is he has to absolutely obliterate Jokic when they match up on the 27th. And I think he just has to really just dominate, and the 76ers have to go on a phenomenal run. But what do you guys think? Like, Is there any way for someone like Embiid to unseat Jokic, or should we just all – Start our congratulations, Jokic, for MVP banners now. I mean, uh, man. I actually thought about something like this earlier today. Because for me, I feel like Embiid, I, I, I think the NBA wants to give Embiid an MVP. He's had some bad luck the past couple of years. I also think that Embiid's personality on the court kind of turned some people off with a lot of his antics and all that. But now I think Embiid's actually become sympathetic because we see him in Philly. We see, you know, Harden isn't the same Harden. Um, Tobias Harris has been a disappointment. Ben Simmons was a failed experiment. So it's almost like Philly keeps trying to put players around Embiid to help Embiid out. Nothing has worked. And now it's to the point where people are like, and Beach should be frustrated in Philly. Doc Rivers is his coach. A lot of people don't like Doc Rivers. He had Brett Brown. A lot of people thought Brett Brown was over his head. So it's almost like Embiid has gone from 
this arrogant guy that a lot of people didn't like to now he's a sympathetic figure that people are like look what look what all that he's had to deal with now for me as a Celtics fan I hope they keep it up because I don't want to see Philly win that's the last thing I need I I, I couldn't handle that but I do agree with you I think if Embiid when he matches up with Jokic dominates him in a way that voters have to be like look yes we get it Jokic has this all-around game but maybe Embiid's just the more dominant player and if we want to look at the MVP the dominant player might be more valuable than the all-around guy maybe I mean I'm a big Jokic guy as well I know a lot of people are sick of Jokic at this point if he were to win three in a row you know a lot of people you know wouldn't like that the same way when Nash won his back-to-back people didn't like that because they assumed Shaq was going to get it one of those years maybe even both depending on what you thought but oh I think the first year might have been over Kobe and the second one was Shaq something like that but it's tough to win three in a row because we hear about voting fatigue but Jokic just seemingly has been really steady these past few years and if Denver were to win the West and become the West number one, I don't know if there's anything Embiid could do unless Philly somehow wins the East and becomes the East one seed. That might be it. If Philly ends up first in the in the East, then maybe Embiid has has a has an argument for himself. Hold on. Anthony said nothing. Jokic had 35-20-10. That's amazing. He wake up with a triple-double. Very true. And and B, don't pass the ball. Yeah, I could sit there and say, who should he necessarily pass to? I, That's I think, what some people are trying to realize now. I, I, like, I think Embiid's like, obviously he's not an elite passer. Like, he can make basic reads. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, why why would he even need to pass the ball most of the time? He plays with the assist leader. James Harden will do the heavy load, like have the heavy burden in playmaking. But listen to Anthony. I agree. I think this is Jokic's award to lose. If Gene was think, here, oh my God, he would eat up Anthony Price, man. I think that Jokic, <laughs> as long as he doesn't like tear an ACL in the next week, as long as Denver doesn't just plummet down the standings, nothing dramatic happens, Jokic is the MVP this year. Next year, it's fair game. I think Giannis, Giannis could be back and help, like play a full season. Embiid will always be in the running. Luka. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jordan? Because another guy that the NBA would love to give an uh, MVP award to. Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Uh, I mean, it's going to be hard for Embiid to like catch Jokic all this year because, like Brett said, he has to, you know, Embiid has to actually just go on a rampant, you know, um, Rampage for the last what had the game like 15 20 games left in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that I thought that I don't know when they wrap up the MVP race, maybe a, it's, a couple it's weeks. a regular season award. So the end of the regular it. season, that's 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 oh, it. Um, I don't well, I mean, Embiid, let me see because I looked up an interesting so Joel Embiid's. In his last 13 games, he has he had 39 points, 49 points, 
or 39, 39, 42 points, 31, 35, 27, 41 points, 27, 32, 29, 23, 37, 35. I mean, that's the 13 games. I mean, they don't they didn't give like his like his other stats, but I mean he probably has to average that those numbers all those games to touch Jokic. Um can he do it? Possibly, yes. But like you said, Kyle, who who can yeah, Joker or Jokic is a better like passing big man than MB. Um, because he has Michael Porter Jr., he has Jamal Murray, not like not done shooters, but like you said, Kyle, like who can and be yeah, he, he can pass the ball, but who can he pass it to? I mean, maybe a Tyrese Maxi, um, Harden, uh Tobias Harris, but he's streaky. Um court uh like Court Moss, I mean Niang, I mean, come on, let's be for real here. Like, I mean, but what's the point? Like Brett said, like if he can pass it, he can just like if he has a mismatch down low, why why need to pass it when you can just obliterate your teammate down low in the post? Um now, I don't know. It's gonna be a hard mountain to climb for Joe and B to get it. But like you said, I mean, NBA wants to give Joe and B the MVP. Uh, I think he at least deserved it a couple years ago. But look at the supporting cast. That's how I said on my show. Like, if they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals or if they don't get to the finals at all, look for MB to look for a trade or take a Doc Rivers out of Philly. I, I, one of those has to happen. Doc Rivers will lose his job before Embiid's out of there. That's true. I, I, there's That's true. no way that they move Embiid and Doc Rivers lose that job. Triple, that would be wild. If, if they choose Doc over Embiid, fire the whole organization. Yeah. I'm sure Gene would be fired up if they if they pulled that off. I think I would be fired up, and I'm not even a Philly fan. Yeah. Like That'd be wild. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to Anthony's point, Jokic doesn't score a lot. It's the triple doubles that's helping him win the MVP. See, Jokic affects the game more areas than Embiid does. Oh, you know, and I think that that definitely helps him. With Embiid, it's like if he doesn't score forty, mm-hmm. you know, could he dominate without doing that? Whereas Jokic, Jokic could go 10, 10 points. 10 rebounds, 15 assists, and just look dominant doing it because of the way he plays. And I don't even know if that explained Anthony's point. I was better nope. or anything like that. It's just it's just the way that Jokic does it. It seems like it's more impactful on the team success than Embiid necessarily. It's a beyond- Go ahead, go ahead. I say the way I always explained it to myself is Embiid is the more physically, he's the better. Just if I had to pick somebody to score one on one, I'd pick Embiid. I think he's the better scorer, but I think Jokic guarantees you pretty much a top three offense. So, yeah. like, Embiid's going to get you his individual stats, but yo, just having Jokic on your team, we saw last year, like, they ran into the Warriors with a starting backcourt like Monty Morris, Austin Rivers. And that team still had like a top like five or offense last year, top ten like. And you have to factor in um, like injuries too, because I mean you had like as far as other players getting a chance, like you know you have KD who got hurt when he was in Brooklyn. Um, he was you know maybe not in the conversation, but he was probably top three, top four MVP. Um, you had you know Tatum probably up there, you know, but for, for some reason. It's Jokic and, and Embiid. I mean, he had to factor in injuries. AD got hurt. 
He, uh, I know, Kyle, you're going to laugh at me, but and he was playing MVP caliber basketball before he went down with that first injury. He was, but now, I mean, what? I mean, yeah, he wasn't in the MVP talks, but he had the MVP AD did it for one week, and then he was gone for like six weeks. But I'm That's saying, who AD like, is. But like, now I'm the same. My point is injuries to other players to like get that chance to get to the MVP talks. I mean, when the NBA season starts, I know AD's missing about 30 games. I'd place a bet on that in Vegas every year. If I'd done that, I'd be a billionaire by now. You write that in stone. I have no problem doing that. Other guys, I'd be iffy. All right? That, that's all I'm saying. And, yes. But it's like, I guess my point I, is I like, like AD's game is just that mm-hmm. he's never going to be healthy enough. I, I guess my point, my, my, my point is like, I mean, what other players, I mean, can, I mean, on the MVP race can eclipse Joe and beat and so injuries. Well, one thing I'll say is I, I still struggle to find, to figure out why Tatum completely like fell out of the race. I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I don't think it was Tatum's time anyway. I feel like Tatum's one of those who, this year, him being in it helps him out next year. We know how the NBA likes to do that with players, but uh, <laughs> cash <laughs> in <Asia. laughs> And look, to go back to AD, that's the more frustrating thing about him. Like, if he's on the court, he has these stretches where he's dominant. But then look at the other night against the Knicks. I thought he should have done way more against that Knicks team, and he didn't. And then that's the frustrating part, too. It's like, you're not hurt, so what happened against the Knicks? Like, you were getting locked up by Hartenstein? Like, give me a break. Hartenstein was locking you up? Come on, AD. You you know you're better than that. And I get it. He had, like, the 15 rebounds and all that, but... Without LeBron and the way that Laker team is, he should be thirty. I mean, other than every night. I mean, I mean, if he what if we would have won a game, it would have been a big game. But I mean, other than that, he's been he's been going off, man. Thirty nine and fifteen here, but the thirty nine and forty and twenty years, like yeah. Oh. But eight, go ahead, Brad. I'll say eighty when healthy. His like ceiling is MVP. Like this dude has the talent to win an MVP. Mm-hmm. He does. Not only is it health, it just seems it's mental with him. Some games he'll look and he'll be like, I'm the best player on the floor. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to show you I'm the best player on the floor. And then he goes for like 40 and 20. And then we'll watch him and then he'll be the most timid guy ever and you'll forget he's on the floor for three quarters of the game. So that's my frustration isn't necessarily with the injuries. It's just It just seems to be something mental with him. Like I want to see AD come out every game and tell everybody, I'm the best player on the floor. Let me show you real quick. Right, See, right. It's, I'm not the one who thinks that. That's all. That's yeah, all. I mean, I, I mean, Brett just made my point. If when, when healthy AD is in, is it should be an MVP conversation. But it's when it like, comes to AD, you can't say when healthy. It's I'll just whether or not he's not going to be hurt too many right, times to right, not be in it. Right, right, right. Name a healthy season AD's had. Name one. Wasn't it the uh, 
The bubble year. Go ahead and say the bubble year when he had three months off in between. That's what it takes for eighty to play a full season. But I'm saying that that was that was hey, the, the that was a circle, that was the circumstances. Well, then eighty better call up a pandemic every year. Better, better, butter, better, butter, like, better. It took a <laughs> pandemic to get a full season out of him. That's I mean, not happening every year. You can say that for every other player in the bubble. I mean, yeah. I mean. But Giannis played the Hawks series where I thought he ripped his knee apart. He came uh, back. He said he came back against Phoenix the next round. Yeah. If that was AD, he'd have missed six months. Like, what are we talking about? Jokic hasn't, you know, pulled an AD yet. Tatum's been pretty durable. So, I mean, look, if AD were to ever put a full season together and win an MVP award, I'd high-five him. I'm not betting on it, though. And especially if this NBA Players Association thing goes through where they're going to put I saw that games that's on awards, AD, you might want to forget about all of them. MVP ain't coming out of LA anytime soon, or out of California anytime soon, unless a Fox or some bonus I mean, step it up. That's a good point, because between LeBron, AD, Kawhi, PG... Games will be missed. So, so okay. So, what about this? So, so I think one of the analysts, um, I mean, not not this network, uh, ESPN. Uh, I think Stephen A. Smith said that Jokic should not win MVP because of the way they're playing right now. I mean, think about it. I mean, Sacramento Kings are like six games behind them. Um, I mean, I thought no other team can. You know, I think they're at. I think they're at. Denver's at forty-six wins. Um, mm-hmm. Sacramento's at forty wins. Um, yeah. So. I mean, with the slump they're on, I mean, I, I mean that, that, that that's why I said, is it too late for anybody to catch up? Like, is it too late for who on Sacramento Sony? would you put in the conversation? No, wait. As far as MVP or just yeah. no, I'm not saying anyone from. Oh, on the no, team. I'm just, I'm just saying, saying if, if he's saying like Jokic uh, shouldn't get because he's of saying no, play. he's saying and should over t- okay. over because Joel's having a better stretch of games than Jokic right now. But it's a complete season award, though. Every team's gonna have little pockets in the season where they struggle. Yeah, I was just bit. saying what he said. So I was just saying he. No. Stephen A. likes to speak in like extremes way too much for me. It's like, oh, they're playing bad right now. Then they then okay. And Anthony does have a good. He does have a good point, Anthony. Yeah. They're not USA players. I would say, but the, like, too, the last two games that they lost, Jokic <laughs> yeah. had a 35 and 37 point triple double. 35 like, and 37? Yeah, like, I think it was um, last time, last game he went for 35, and the game before he went for a 37 point triple double. So you can look at it as an overall team loss, but you look at the individual performance, like, okay, Jokic was his brilliant self. They just. Didn't win that one. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets have such a lead in the, in the West that if they drop a game or two here or there, they, they probably still win the one seed in the West. I was going to say they've lost four in a row and they're still six games ahead of everybody. <laughs> That's just how the West is this year, man. It's like... Although, shout out to Sacramento. I say this every time I get I mean, that beam is That, that purple beam is the, I, I got to give Mike Brown a lot of credit. That purple beam is gleaming in in the sky right now. I think a lot of people doubted Mike Brown's coaching ability after Cleveland and all that. 
I think the time with Kerr and Golden State definitely yeah. helped him out because he's gone to Sacramento and he's turned that that team into a winner. He probably is going to lock up coach of the year, maybe. I mean, there's still some other guys you could look at, but I feel like Mike Brown should get it if Sacramento's going to be a top three seed in the West. I I agree. I think it's Mike Brown should be the runaway winner at this point. Who expected this from the Kings? Nah, I didn't. That's, like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, they looked real bad before he came last year. Even yeah. after the Sabonis trade, they didn't really know what to do with them. He was a coach. Wasn't that Luke Walton? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about Luke yeah. Walton. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mike Brown came, took some stuff that they were doing with Jokic over in Denver because Sabonis is the second best passing big in the league and decided to utilize that motion offense to everybody's strengths, and it's worked beautifully. Yeah, yeah. It came out of the Halliburton trade because most people thought Sacramento was dumb to make that move, and now that we look at it, it's really worked out for both. Because Halliburton went to Indiana, really kind of became a star. I mean, became an all star out of it. So bonus has gone to Sacramento's turned around that culture out there. So it was one of the rare win win trades for both both cities. Although Sacramento's doing better this year than Indiana, but. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Halliburton fan, but um, and De'Aaron Fox, I'm glad to see him have some success as well, because I've I've been a big De'Aaron Fox guy. I mean, Jordan, you probably heard me say this before. I mm-hmm. thought the Lakers should have taken Fox over Lonzo Ball, but I'm I mean, not mad at Johnson. I mean, they could have couldn't they taken a Tatum instead of Lonzo Ball. I'm not a white on your face either, but yeah. <laughs> yep, Tatum was the pick after Ball. Yep. Thanks, Tatum, Magic. Say Tatum is still number five in my MVP uh, list. He's still top five for me. He's having such a phenomenal <laughs> season. Although, oh, I, I wouldn't be mad if somebody put him four, though. So I just don't think he's top three is the issue. <laughs> yeah. Joe, what you talking about, man? I mean, I heard you. I think I think Magic. <laughs> That's right. Because Magic tried to distance himself from all the oh that, that was Genie Bust. That wasn't me. No, it wasn't. It was all you. You sat at the press conference like, young man, your number's gonna be in the rafters. Okay. But that's right. I, I won't rub it in. I won't rub it in the Lakers' face anymore. <laughs> I forgot okay. that happened. It's okay. I can project in the next couple of years that Tatum's gonna be a Laker in the next five to ten years. Okay, I guess. So that's what that's that's what after LeBron's retired, AD's retired because he's crippled, and <laughs> your 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 team is what Hachimura and Mike and Malik Beasley. Yes, Tatum's going to join that squad. I said five to ten years, not five that, years. That D'Lo Jared mm-hmm. Vanderbilt pick and roll going to entice him? Yeah. And Bronny. <laughs> Bronny. I'll say Le- LeBron's going to be in Orlando with Bronny, even though he said he'd rather retire than go to Orlando. I <laughs> <laughs> imagine if the Knicks get him, Bronny, and then LeBron goes to New York. Do you guys think Bronny's draft stock is like, let's say if Bronny was a really bad prospect like he's just a bad player overall do you think a team would still use like a higher pick to take him just for the prospect of getting lebron 
Like I know Lewis team would. Yeah. I say, because like I know, like I, I say I've seen the draft comps are giving him to like Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday. Like to me, that just sounds like the second best player or third best player on the championship team. He sounds like he can be a great contributor. Hmm. I'll say, yeah. But yeah, no, that's what I was thinking to myself all year. Like, is his like, is he just gonna get drafted top fifteen regardless, or like top twenty just because if you get Bronny, you also get Bron? I, I mean, I've already heard what Jay Williams say. I would take Bronny if that meant I could get LeBron. So, I'm sure some team's gonna do it. You know, some team like Detroit or something, a team that's just. Just trying to get attention may do it. Now, whether LeBron goes to Detroit, that's on you to figure out. Uh-huh. I mean, I would hope during the pre-draft process, if you were like, hey, Bronny, if we took you, think your dad would come over? No, let's go ask him. Hey, LeBron, we're thinking about drafting Bronny. You know, what you got going on? And if LeBron <laughs> says, there's no chance I'm sending foot in your city, I can't risk taking Bronny like, five, six or something. If I if there's like really good players there, no GM's gonna look that down if LeBron doesn't come so, with him. So Brian can get drafted next in your next year's draft, right? Or two years from now. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a junior in high school this year? Not, I'm, it's not this upcoming draft. I believe it's no no oh no no not this year. I know yeah not that I'm talking about the next year's draft. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's next year's draft. Uh, I think so. I'm being excited to see who, who's gonna tank for Bronny, man. It's gonna be interesting. But I, Brent just told you his player comes Marcus Smart. Would you tank for Marcus Smart? No. no. I th- I th- so why I would think you tank for Bronny? I think a fun like team that to look out for, because if hate to bring this up, I'm sorry, Jordan, but if the Lakers struggle, I mean, I, and, and the Pelicans get a really high pick, I think they could be a team to look out for. No, like you're right. Maybe Lakers tank and get LeBron, and then Bronny will play in LA with with LeBron. Well, well, no, because the Pelicans have all their picks from now to eternity. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. They could go like one in eighty one, and it doesn't really matter what they do. Damn. Yeah. I just got an alert about John Morant. Kind of interesting. Yeah, he entered some counseling program in Florida. Good for him. Hopefully, hopefully he's yeah. able to better himself. He's made some yeah. bad choices, but um it's all about learning from your mistakes and um becoming a better person. So best wishes to John Morant. Yeah, take the time away. You know, trim your inner circle. Have those conversations like, bro, you aren't helping me. You got to go. It just sure, they may hate again. you for it, but... It just can't happen again, man. Because when it gets into the league, like, I'm going to be on him. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. I agree with Brett. Hopefully, this is him taking that first step to becoming a better player, better, you know, Dad, all that out of all this. Mm-hmm. So, that Memphis, team, that Memphis team still got some interesting pieces. So, that'll be still mm-hmm. be fun to watch for the rest of the year. Been really high on Desmond Bain all year. Yeah. 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 He's a good one. Jaron Jackson. I like him, although sometimes he can kind of hover around the perimeter too much for me, but I like his game. 
like I said, I think the only guy's game I hate on that team is Dylan Brooks. And it's not even the defense. It's not even the fact he uh, – it's just his shot selection is so bad. Like, bro, you're not him. Yep. And, like, if it, if it was just a situation where, okay, John Morant's hurt and now the volume is going up, it's one thing. But the fact that he was taking 15 shots a game with a healthy John Morant and a healthy Desmond Bain, like – what are you doing? Like, that's the only reason I hate watching him. Like, Brett, and I say all that too. And I and I sit through Marcus Smart games where if Marcus Smart takes 15 threes, I mean, 15 shots, people want to run him out of Boston. He's kind of gotten much better at that this year. But guys like that, Marcus Smart. <laughs> they, they should be limited to like eight shots tops. Eight. And if you're, if you're on a heater – Push it to twelve, but Dylan Brooks with that—I don't know what what his shot is like segmented. It's almost—I don't know. It looks weird when he takes them. He like front rims all these threes and he just continues to shoot them. I I, I can't figure it out. I don't know. But maybe he came from the Patrick Beverly school of I'll hit one and I'll let you know that I hit that one, and I'm gonna keep shooting them. All right, I think my uh, I think my award for least favorite offense to watch in the league will be the Toronto Raptors this year. They ran away with that a long time ago. Have you ever <laughs> watched a Raptors game this year? It is painful. Yes, I, I have to watch it for yeah, as a Celtics fan. I feel bad for Fred, Fred Van Fleet, man. Dude, he's the biggest scam artist up there. Fred Van Fleet just takes a heat check like the second shot in the game. <laughs> like, or he'll be 0 of 8, and they'd be like, you know what? Thirty-five foot pull-up three, go. I think, I think, but I think he'd be better on, or he'd be more like better he on another. Scam Toronto with one good year, and he hasn't been anywhere near that since then. He's the biggest scam I mean, artist. Yeah, you, you said about Kyle Lowry too on Toronto, like he's a scammer. They too. got rid of him, and he's scamming Miami right now. Say <laughs> so all they do is sit there and brick mid rangers for like half the game. The only offense they get is there are like transitional layups. So, yeah, because there's something fancy with talking about. You know, should we want to see Miami in the playoffs? If Kyle Lowry's on the court, give me Miami any day. That guy should have retired probably after last year. He's just hanging on for a check at this point. He has no legs on his three-point shot, so if you give him one of those, he might hit one a game. That's all he can give you. Defensively, he's just going to flop for four quarters, hope he doesn't foul out. That's what Kyle Lowry's giving you at this point. But, yeah, Brett, I agree with you. Toronto, watching them, it's it's rough right now. Everybody does like the same thing. Yeah, they just got, like, an entire roster of six, seven guys, and then there's Fred Van Fleet, and it's just – the worst thing ever. Definitely my least favorite team to watch right now. I think I'd rather watch a Pistons game. And that's saying yeah, a lot with Killian Hayes throwing up bricks over there all game. Brett, we need to do more shows together. I, I can't stand Killian Hayes either. Hey, I, I like him for like, one man. thing. I like him for one thing. Prize picks, take the under every time. <laughs> Points, rebounds, and assists. Oh, they put him at like 20 under mm-hmm. every time. <laughs> that's, de- that's definitely a benefit. But for Toronto, though, the fact that they have Siakam run point, Siakam has the most generic handle package you will ever see. 
and he runs point for them. I saw that this year. I see the cut. Like, he literally could only dribble with his right hand. It's borderline carry on every dribble. And he basically just dribbles into people, runs them over, and hope he doesn't get an offensive foul. That's his offense. People love it for some reason. I'm not high on him, but yeah, Toronto is a tough watch. Right, Jordan, maybe, you should, maybe. You should check out a Toronto game, Jordan. Huh? You should check out a Raptors game. It'll make you feel better about <laughs> the Lakers' struggles this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I have the NBA League Pass. I gotta tune in. Dude, they, tune into Toronto. The Lakers, they make the Lakers look like the 2017 Warriors every night. Like, yeah. I mean, you may not have draft picks, but you can tell yourself at least you are not the Toronto Raptors. Do they play today? Probably not. Toronto. No. If they don't they play, are, I know what I'm not tuning all in. All NBA fans. <laughs> oh, man. They play the Nuggets tomorrow, so I'm going to definitely tune in. Oh, yeah. man. That, that so you'll perfect, see. You'll see that's the, the perfect Nuggets, game to watch. You'll see the Nuggets' beautiful offense with Jokic, and then you'll see the Raptors combat that with Siakam with generic player one and 2K dribble handle. That's what you'll see. And then you'll get like a random Scotty Barnes pull up mid range jump shot at some point, and then a Fred Van Fleet 32 footer. And that's like the entire offense outside of transition dunks. Yep. And Nick Nurse whining the whole game on the sideline. That's yeah. Toronto basketball. Yeah, they're, I think they're playing on NBA TV tomorrow. So I have to, I have to tune into oh, that. They're subjected the country to that. Yikes. <laughs> All right. I guess. I mean, it's, 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 I guess it's the Nuggets, man. That's why the Yogi's is on there. Pick a different, pick a different opponent. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those games that Barkley used to go off when TNT would be like, coming up this week on NBA TV. So he's like, nobody's gonna pay for that game. <laughs> who who wants to watch Toronto? I mean, I get it. I would watch well, it for the Nuggets. The, but... Well, that's the first game. That's that's the seventh. Then um, Bryce Bucks play the Suns on at ten o'clock. See, at least that's something to watch. So yeah, suffer through the Nuggets. I mean, suffer through Nuggets Raptors to get Bucks Suns. I guess if you're a degenerate basketball fan, I mean, like what if I'm one of the Bucks and Suns versus, and, and then leading up to the to Nuggets, and then uh, <laughs> I, I can't oh, really, man. I can't really judge any game because I sat through a quarter where uh, the Knicks and Magic's quarter combined 15 points in like 2013. <laughs> that was a hard to watch. It was like. The Carmelo Anthony Knicks, but I think Carmelo Anthony was hurt that game. But it's crazy that they're still in like the playoff hunt. Toronto, they're nine right now, so it's like they uh, they they need to fall out. I don't want them in the play. <laughs> Their season can end when yeah. Swap somebody else in. Swap in. The Hornets. I'd rather, I'd rather see. <laughs> no, I don't need to see the Hornets either. Indiana. I'd rather watch Indiana. I'd rather watch Bancaro in Orlando than Toronto. Bancaro <laughs> with him is three, three. He's like shooting three percent from three in the last month. I'd rather watch that. I, I do enjoy Paulo's game though. I, he, he's he's been killing it all year. Outside of like that really rough like three point stretch he's been on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I like Ben Carroll's game too. I think Orlando, hopefully, they can figure out what to do down there. Because all these years where they went where their whole team was like 
25 and under, and you're just like, which one of these guys are you building around? Hopefully, Ben Carroll's the guy that they finally decide on. It can put a winning team around him. But all right, I mean, coming up on an hour and a half, I feel like I had another good episode. It was oh, Anthony dropped in a couple of things here. Crazy how Nets are better team without Kyrie. I mean, I could have guessed that. I mean, look at Dallas right now with Kyrie. Say that Dallas getting taken out in the second round of the playoffs. I'm here for it. First, if they match up with the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, I might actually root for the Lakers in that instance. Probably yeah, not, yeah, but yeah, I might. Yeah, yeah. I would think about it. I, I probably still wouldn't, but I'd think about it. Um, I guess to end it, do you guys think the whole Kyrie and Dallas thing works? No. No. Okay. I don't either. Absolutely, absolutely not. That that was never. As soon as they made the trade, I said that wasn't going to work, and it just hasn't. Like they look great on offense. Right. Unfortunately, there's another side of the ball they forget about. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I then mean, now, now Kyrie's missing games. Luca's missing games, and it's like I feel like this was, pulling this again. If this was make it, take it. Mavericks are probably winning the title. Let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Oh, man. I feel like that's probably a good way to end the show. Uh, Definitely appreciate you, Anthony, in the chat. I mean, you brought some really good points and questions. You're the only one in the chat, man. That's all right. I mean, I don't care if it was one person. He, he 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 was in the chat throughout the show. That's good. Yeah, is he in the uh, group chat or no? Because or, I know there's Anthony, there's Anthony Cobb, and there's Anthony, or there's Melvin, but I don't think he's in that group chat. I thought he is. He is he not a part of the network? Anthony, if you're still there, you can let us know. But um, yeah, are you a part of Sports Empire Network, brother? I, I mean, if not, appreciate you in the chat, and hopefully. Check us out on all of our other shows. I mean, Jordan and I will be back tomorrow for the big three. Uh, Brett, are you on top of the key? Sometimes. Sometimes. I pretty much just see what days I have off, but I will I will be part of the wrestling show that's coming up. I'm going to be off every Tuesday starting next week or the week after. Okay. okay. That, that's that's going to be a fun show mm. for, for all the wrestling heads out there. I'm, I'm kind of a part-time wrestling head. So I, I definitely will watch that. But um yeah, so appreciate Brett coming on. You know, no Brian and Gene. Really fun show having you on. Like I said, I could talk basketball with you any day. Yeah. Your knowledge is, is is I mean impeccable. So really appreciate you you know stepping up and joining Jordan and myself on here. Yeah. Hopefully get a chance to have you on again. Anytime I'm free, if I'm if I'm free and not working, I'm down to join you guys whenever. All right, that's yeah, cool. Man. I mean, Jordan, you got anything to say before we get out of here? No, just uh, like you said, I mean, you're gonna be on the show uh, tomorrow with Dylan and uh, Jake. Check that out, Big Three Podcast, and and, and also, Brett, if you want to um, get on my show on my show, it, uh, even even though it's not part of the network, you can still you know be a guest um, if you have time. Um, like Kyle said, you're definitely talking NBA is, is fun with you, man. The NFL, 
Um, I don't know what's going on with the quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it's if he's officially a Jet. I know Brett was like, hold on, hold on. What, what are the reports, man? I don't see no like, hold on. The, he got traded for some mark. The knock on Aaron Rodgers with Brett here. I missed the opportunity. You need to retire. That's what you need to do. So that's definitely a great topic for a different show. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah, man. It's, yeah. it's been a good show. Um Gene, I know I, I'm, I'm gonna be on a cruise in, in April, so enjoy your cruise, man. And um and then uh Brian, uh hope you're doing well, man. Uh hopefully you'll be back next Monday. Yeah. We can get it going, man. But if not, we understand life. Happens, I know Gene's so. gonna pick pick a bug with one of my takes. He's gonna mess me all. I'm gonna come out here <laughs> for a money, money, money show. It's all good. I mean, it's all good. At least he wasn't in the chat, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So uh, you guys tuning in, you know what you need to do: hit the like button, subscribe to Sports Empire Network. A lot of great things going on here. Continue to grow each day. You know, a lot of great personalities like Brett, you know, big basketball mind. I mean, you already know about Jordan and myself. We're here every week. But, um, yeah, really appreciate you guys. And we are here every Monday night, 7 p.m., for some good old barbershop sports talk. And with that, we're out. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll see you later.